0: It's time for Drive-By Theology with Dr. Steve Lawson and Todd Friel. There is some bad news, but don't worry. There's more bad news. This is Lecture 17 of Drive-By Theology. Anthropology, the doctrine of you and me, the doctrine of man, and that means Goyles too. The bad news is we've got a sin problem, a really, really big sin problem But if that isn't bad enough, it gets worse from there. Steve, this is going to be a bit of a downer lecture because this points to we are in a really sad state right now because we're not just walking around this earth morally neutral. We are actually haters of God at war with our Creator. And if I remember theology properly correctly, He's omnipotent, which hints He's going to win this battle And I'm going to lose big time.
1: Yes, you and I both know that we have to have the right diagnosis of the problem of the human race.
0: And it starts in the garden, Genesis 2, 16 through 17. We started out innocent. We disobeyed God. We ate the fruit and we fell into sin. And all of us inherit that problem. Hosea 6, 7. But like Adam, they have transgressed the covenant. There they have dealt treacherously against me. Love that the harmony of the Bible pops on Hosea. How many people read Hosea on a regular basis, but look at the theology? But like Adam, they have transgressed. So the people that Hosea is addressing are like Adam, transgressors. When Adam transgressed, it didn't just kind of bum out God. It didn't just cause God to go, well, just try kind of hard. It set a whole sequence of events into order, and it starts with alienation from God.
1: Yes, Uh, God denied man access into his immediate presence as soon as man sinned in Genesis 3, 23. Therefore, the Lord sent him out from the Garden of Eden to cultivate the ground from which he had taken So he drove the man out. There was this separation, this alienation now between holy God and sinful man. And
0: they knew it straight away because they heard God's voice and they didn't want to be with
1: him. In fact, they hid from God.
0: That's what sin, it doesn't just like kind of cause some issues that we need to work through, like some battling spouses. No, no, we are alienated from God because of sin.
1: And hostile towards God.
0: Yeah, they didn't just walk out of the garden. God... Drove the man out. This, this this was suddenly the terms are completely different, and the effects are, needless to say, a little bit on the painful side. In Genesis three sixteen through nineteen. The woman, she will have pain in childbirth. The fellas, when they go to work, that's why your text doesn't get sent. That's why the email gets lost. There's frustration in work because of the fall. The consequences are around us. At when the package doesn't arrive when the employee doesn't perform, when the meeting is a bust, all of that right back to Adam.
1: Yes. Furthermore, there is human isolation and hostility. Genesis 3, 7. Then the eyes of both of them were opened, and they knew that they were naked, and they sewed fig leaves together and made themselves loin coverings. Also in Genesis three twelve, the man said, The woman whom you gave to be with me, she gave me from the tree and I ate.
0: There's hostility among men. Oh,
1: absolutely. Now they're
0: dysfunctional. (laughs) (laughs) Genesis 3.16, yet your desire will be for your husband and he will rule over you. It shows that there's going to be a little bit of a territory battle because of the fall. Man is supposed to be leading, but he's inclined to not do it. The woman is supposed to be submitting, but she's not inclined to do it. So when you, inside of your home, are finding yourself fighting over territory, decision-making, just getting along, think this is an effect of the fall, which, by the way, can help you to resolve that conflict. When there is fighting going on in the home, instead of calling it fighting or disagreeing, give it a theological term. You're sinning. Because then, if you identify it rightly, you can go, hey, guess what, honey, we're both sinners. Oh, yeah, Adam and Eve, the whole calamity. Good news, we can both go to the cross together. Identifying things that happen in your home theologically as opposed to with psychiatric terms can ultimately lead you to a solution, which is the gospel. Genesis 4-7, if you do well, will not your countenance be lifted up? And if you do not do well, sin is crouching at the door and its desire is for you. But you must master it. So we have hostility amongst ourselves. We battle one another. And now we're in another battle, sin. We've isolated, separated ourselves from one another. There's division. There's hostility. And now we've got a battle sin itself. Now, those are some of the consequences of sin. And that's bad news. But it's not done yet.
1: No, there's futility in nature as well. In Genesis three seventeen, then to Adam, God said, because you have listened to the voice of your wife and have eaten from the tree about which I commanded you, saying, you shall not eat from it. Cursed is the ground because of you. In toil, you will eat of it all the days of your life. There's a curse on now the ground in creation.
0: And the implication is not just farming, but all of our jobs, all activities that provide for us there's futility, but in the agrarian society, the soil is the representative sure. of representative. Well, of it's this.
1: representative of all frustration and vocational calling.
0: Which is why when I go to dig that hole in the backyard, inevitably, a rock, right, where Right where the missus wants the bush to go. You can just thank Adam for that. Futility in nature, for we know that the whole creation groans and suffers the pains of childbirth together until now, Romans eight nineteen through 22. And wait, there's still more. Because of sin, the effect is death.
1: Yes, Genesis three nineteen. By the sweat of your face you shall eat bread, till you return to the ground. Because from it you were taken for you are dust, and to dust you shall return, referring to death and being buried in the grave of dust.
0: Now, is that referring to physical death or spiritual death?
1: Well, in this case, it's referring to physical death, but there is also spiritual death, which is the isolation of the sinner from God, and quite frankly, there was also emotional death. Trauma as well.
0: So that would be one more consequence, not just physical death, but spiritual death, really meaning through progressive revelation. We're talking about eternal damnation. Yes. So the ultimate, this is the. Which
1: would be the second death.
0: Yeah, they, they, you know, that's why it's bad news after bad news after bad news when it comes to sin, ultimately leads to our bodies die and we go to hell because of our sin. Yes. Well, thanks for joining us here on Drive-By Theology. If it ended there, this would be an exceedingly bleak tale. If, it, if the Bible stopped in Genesis 3, yikes, that would be a huge bummer. We will get to the good news later in Drive-By Theology. But we're not going to stop this drubbing on anthropology known as sin, which we inherited from Adam. You know, I always think that there's going to be a line in heaven queuing up and Adam's going to be up front going, I know, I, I know, I just, I come because <laughs> the poor guy takes an absolute drubbing. The idea of original sin, our sin coming from Adam, it's important that we establish that because of the implications. What text would say that we inherit sin because of Adam?
1: Well, Romans 5 verse 12 says, just as through one man, and that would be Adam, sin entered into the world and death through sin and so death spread to all men because all sinned
0: so when you and I are born we are born in adam that is correct so everybody on the planet you have you have one of of two fathers if you will adam or somebody else the lord
1: jesus christ
0: so you're in adam or you're in christ this real romans chapter 5 really establishes that sin is inherited because between Adam and between Moses, there was no written down law. So there could be no accounting for sin. And yet people died. And so Romans chapter 5 makes the point that original sin was inherited by us because people died between Adam and Moses. Romans 5, 13 through 14, For until the law, sin was in the world, but sin is not credited when there is no law. Nevertheless, death reigned from Adam until Moses. So after Adam introduced sin into the world, everybody who was born was introduced as a sinner too. And even though there was no written down law so that they didn't have a criminal record, they still died. And the reason for it is because they were born in Adam. Now, again, bad news. But Romans 5 contrasts being in Adam with being in somebody else in Christ.
1: Yes, Christ was the federal representative of his own people, and what Christ did on behalf of his people has also come to be the possession of those who believe in him.
0: So Adam's sin, imputed, credited to us, Jesus' righteousness, imputed and credited to us.
1: Yes, the two great imputations.
0: So if you're an Adam, you're credited as a sinner, even, even if... There isn't a law that is written down. There is now. But even if there isn't, you inherit sin, you inherit death. But if you are in Christ, you inherit righteousness, and you inherit life. The great contrast between two men, the one who failed and the one who succeeded. But because we are born in Adam, when we are born, we are simply bent toward evil, which is why you don't have to teach your children how to sin.
1: No, you have to teach them not to sin.
0: Yeah, you just... And if you, this is the one that just staggers me. Oh, little children aren't sinners. Then you haven't been to Chuck E. Cheese's. That is definitive <laughs> proof. Go to McDonald's Playland. Little Kids are little sinners. Having said all that, Dr. Lawson, there might be somebody who's thinking, wait a second, if children are born little sinners, and if a child dies or is aborted or is miscarried, Before they can hear the good news of the gospel and repent and put their trust in Jesus Christ, does that mean that little sinners who don't respond to the gospel and aren't even able to respond to the gospel go to hell?
1: No, I do not think so. I think children before an age of knowing their right hand from the left, and that would take it all the way back to the womb itself. When they die, I believe that God, by His grace, applies the righteousness of Christ to them, and they are made acceptable in His presence.
0: And when you say they don't know their right hand from their left, means that they don't know that they're shaking their fist at God. Right. I know I'm not supposed to lust, but I'm going to do it anyway. So they don't have a sin debt with God. And so when they die, God graciously imputes the righteousness of Jesus to them because they have not willfully, consciously sinned against God. Yes. And that just magnifies the goodness of God. Yes, and
1: shows how unconditional his grace is.
0: But for those people who reach that level of accountability, when they do know their right hand from their left, the problem is we have a tendency, we are bent toward the left. We're bent toward evil. Uh, Genesis 6, 5, the Lord saw that the wickedness of man was great on the earth. Psalm 51, 5, behold, I was brought forth in iniquity and in sin. My mother conceived me. Psalm 143, verse 2, do not enter into judgment with your servant for in your sight. No living man is righteous. The heart is more deceitful than anything else. It's sick. Who can understand it? Jeremiah seventeen nine. Luke eleven thirteen If you then said Jesus being evil, that's not seeker sensitive. Ephesians four seventeen through eighteen, that we are excluded from the life of God because of the hardness of our hearts. For those people who are in Adam, the description of the Bible regarding our sinfulness, our sin nature, our willingness to sin, our bent towards sin, this is we're not just kind of good people
1: we're we're
0: really, really bad.
1: It's the doctrine of total depravity or radical corruption. The Bible says in Ephesians 2 verse 1, and you were dead in your trespasses and sin. That's beyond just not feeling good. <laughs> but you were dead in your trespasses and sins. Romans 7 verse 18, for I know that nothing good dwells in me that is in my flesh, meaning my sin nature, Titus one verse fifteen: To the pure, all things are pure. But to those who are defiled and unbelieving, nothing is pure. But both their mind and their conscience are defiled.
0: Yeah, well, the, the the Bible isn't like dropping hints. It's a hammer on the pride of human beings who think that they are good. Not only are we not good, the Bible says we can do no good. We want to be a little careful with this because somebody will point out of course, people do good. They walk little old ladies across the street, but it's not good in the sight of God because it is an offering with contaminated hands, just as if Adolf Hitler gave you a bouquet of roses. They might smell sweet. It was a good thing to do, but the hands that gave them to you are contaminated and you would not be pleased and accept them. And the same thing is true of us. We do good things. We can do kind things as part of our, you know, we've got that little little residue of imago day in us, but they're not pleasing to God. They're not acceptable to God because our hands are dirty.
1: Yes. Romans 8 verse 7 says, because the mind set on the flesh is hostile toward God, for it does not subject itself to the law of God, for it is not even able to do so, and those who are in the flesh cannot please God.
0: And without faith, it is impossible to please him, says Hebrews 11, 6, 1 Corinthians two fourteen. We can do nothing in and of ourselves that pleases God, which leaves us in a terrible position. And it isn't just a few. The fall and ours is universal.
1: Yes. The Bible says, Psalm 14, 3, they have all turned aside. Together they have become corrupt. There is no one who does good, not even one. Psalm 143, verse 2, and do not enter into judgment with your servant, for in your sight no man living is righteous. First Kings 8, verse 46, when they sin against you, for there is no man who does not sin. And in
0: case that doesn't make the point, Proverbs 29, Romans three twenty three, First 1 John 1, 8 through 8-10, And the consequences of this universal sin problem that we all have is found in Romans 2, 5 through 6. Because of your stubbornness and unrepentant heart, you are storing up wrath for yourself in the day of wrath and revelation of the righteous judgment of God, who will render to each person according to his deeds. That verse, without understanding our previous study of the attributes of God, specifically the holiness of God, the righteousness of God, the justice of God, that comes across as too strong. Set in the backdrop of God's righteousness, understanding man's sin problem, now that verse is exactly right, and it's not exaggerated, it's not mean, it's not bullying, it's not God throwing a temper tantrum. It is exactly just.
1: Yes. When you break God's laws, you will suffer the consequences and the penalties of that law, ultimately, which is death.
0: And that is the bad news, compounded by the bad news, adding some bad news on top of that with a little frosting of bad news. And if this were the last lecture in drive-by theology, we would basically all be looking for a tall bridge to jump off of. But there is more in Drive-By Theology. This was Lecture 17 of Drive-By Theology.